Are we live? Are we live? I think we're live. I think we're live. Welcome. Welcome back to another edition of Daddy Issues Reloaded podcast. Um, for those that don't know, the Daddy Issues Reloaded podcast was created based upon a place where I was missing something in my life and I didn't realize it until I was going through it. Um, going through it and I probably didn't do a good job. So it was a point in time where I felt like it was just me and feeling like it was just me. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't ask anybody. I ain't want nobody in my business. Um, but I got to a place where I realized that it wasn't just me. And we hear so many success stories and we hear so many positives that we don't talk about the struggles that happens that, that men go through throughout the course of their lifetime. So I don't like to do this by myself. So I like to bring um, guests on that I have come in contact with that are um, displaying what it is that is helping eradicate men dealing with their daddy issues. So I met this gentleman one day at a, um, a G-Men gathering in Orlando. And you, you know, y'all have you, you ever realized like you get it around a group of people and they say, yo, if you need anything, let me know. But we all know that just us men being men, we ain't reaching out. <laughs> so I reached out and he was like, oh, so here we are. So without further ado, bring up my guest, Jay What's Smith. What's up, man? Jay, yes, what to do, yes, what to do? How you doing, man? Uh, you know you, you got me laughing, man, about Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you think about it. How, how many times yeah. do we meet somebody or we're in a group and you be like, oh, yeah, let's exchange numbers. If you need anything, let That's me true. know. You know, I, you, That's I know true. You, I know you're not calling me. You're not calling me, and I'm probably not going to call you. If we see each other, we'll speak, but... Right, right. Because uh, but, when, you, when you reminded me, you was like, Jay, you remember what you said, right? And I was like... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I did say that. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Can you hear? Can yeah, you hear no, I, I can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah. Shit. You good? I can hear you loud and clear. Hold on one second, Jay. <laughs> I don't know. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Say yeah. something, Jay. You're good. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, all right. So I can introduce you um, just a little bit. Go ahead, Jay. Introduce yourself. Tell the people who you are. For those who don't know, man, my name is Jay Smith. Uh, I am the founder of Jay Smith Empowers, LLC. Uh, you can barely hear me? can't hear you. Oh, man. What about now? Hear me now? Oh, this thing messing up. What about right now? You got it now? All right, let's go. All right, for those who don't know, my name is Jay Smith. You got, you got it? <laughs> All right, cool. For those who don't know, my name is Jay Smith. 
founder of J. Smith Empowers, LLC. Uh, my overall goal is to help empower at-risk youth or disenfranchised youth uh, to make better decisions in life so they can avoid the school-to-prison pipeline. Um, with that being said, my background consists of over 18 years of being a corrections officer. So I know firsthand of all the valuable things that a lot of these kids, you know, tell me that they that they need. You know, a lot of them don't really reach out to uh, role models because they don't have role models. Um, a lot of them put on this, I call it a, a society front, you know, how society teaches young men, uh, specifically African-American men, you know, to be hard, to be dominant, uh, you know, to always meme up certain individuals when they don't really have to. So I'm pretty much the middleman between that particular individual and the justice system. So, you know, they may act hard amongst each other, but when it gets to my level, you know, they pretty much break down and pretty much give me reasons as to, you know, why they chose a certain behavior or why they was led a certain way. And the most common thing that I always hear is, number one, is lack of a role model or better for, for better terms, uh, male role model uh, specifically, a man being in a household. And pretty much the second thing is no structure. And with those two, um, it's a combination of not feeling love and feeling like, you know, their father pretty much left them stranded. So as a result, you know, they tend to act out. They tend to, you know, uh, get around the wrong crowd and, you know, make pretty much life altering decisions that bring them inside the justice system. So let's talk about, like you said, you, you, like you dropped a whole lot of nuggets in that short period of time. Right. Um, the one thing I want to focus on is that the, what, what society tells that he has right. to be. And with, with, the, with, 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 the, with the whole social media and, you know, what their friends who pretty much are in the same boat that they're in, right. giving them that information. It's it's the it, it's that false it, 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 it's the it's the facade of right like you said so let's break that let's break that down as to when they go there they get to you on the other right. end how right. can we how, what what steps can we give them to make sure oh. that they are able to deal with their daddy issues or make you know um, become aware of what's going on so they don't come down your path right no problem uh, first and foremost man the uh number one important thing is a lot of african-american men don't know who they are they don't know who they are you know they don't know what they possess um they don't know what they what they can accomplish uh they don't know you know their overall potential and i think the first thing um that we must uh teach them is you know knowing letting them know who they are um, you know, there are so many people I came across, man, that has phenomenal potential. I'm and I'm not just talking about, you know, what we are so accustomed to, you know, us being athletic, us being rappers. I'm talking about, you know, I come across kids, man, that can draw. When I say draw, I'm talking about, man, it's amazing. I've come, uh, come across kids that, you know, that are very intellectual when it comes to uh, doing speaking engagements and doing debates. You know, I've come across kids that, you know, are so talented. It makes you wonder, like, man, you know, 
what went wrong? You know, why you went left field? And again, one of the biggest, you know, answers that I've always get, hey, man, you know, I ain't had no daddy, man. You know, I ain't had no daddy. You know, my mom was working multiple jobs. My grandmother raising me. You know, there was nobody to watch me. So I was out on the streets doing whatever I wanted to do. And, you know, after a while, that behavior or those habits that they grew accustomed to, it tends to catch up. And sometimes once it catch up, by the time they reach a certain age, it's too late. Right. So, number one, we have mm-hmm. to understand and show them and teach them who they are. Number two, it's very important that we um, utilize resources or utilize uh, platform or different things so they can be able to um, grow accustomed or uh, be aware of what type of um, goals they have. Not only goals, but the significance of their gifts. Uh, a lot of these kids, they don't know until they get into a uh, incarcerated confine. Because once you're there, all you're able to do now is think. So now once you're thinking, now you're like, oh, man, I can do this. Or, you know, I didn't even never know I can do this or X, Y, Z. Now it's almost, you know, too late because you wasn't able or put in an environment to say, hey, you know, what if, what if I, you know, put my mind to this? You know, I can try. Or what if I put my mind to this? I can become the next president. But being that you don't have certain elements around you, you know, you're blinded to your overall gifts and potential. So as a, a, a as a young African-American male, how was your upbringing to get you to where you are right now? Tell us some things that you experienced. Oh, man. In, in your youth. No, not not that I paid attention in in, in the thing, you know. In, 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 but, you know let's talk about it. <laughs> All right, man. To be honest, man, um, you know, and, and I'm more than open to be transparent. You know, I didn't always have the best upbringing with my father. Um, I didn't always have the best relationship. But one thing I learned is forgiveness is key, man. That's that's a good principle. Um, our young African American men need to have forgiveness is key. We can't allow ourselves to walk around hurt. So I would say forgiveness is key. But ultimately, we have to look at ourselves as well, you know. So I had to look at myself and say, man, you know, what am I carrying that's not like me that I picked up along the way? Mm-hmm. So once I started unloading some things and looked at myself, I was like, you know what? I can understand now why I do certain things or why I was put in the positions or made certain decisions now. Okay, you know, let me stop doing that. And now let me go to my dad. And ask certain questions. Hey, man, listen, you know, I've always known that I did X, Y, Z. Can you explain that? Or, you know, I grew up watching you or, you know, why did you do those sort of things? So now, as men, we also have to be mature enough to get those answers. Also be mature enough to understand that it's not sometimes that our fathers or even our moms didn't love us. Sometimes they didn't learn from their fathers and mothers. Right. So it's right. our job to pretty much, I would say, break the chain, the generational chain, you know. So once you learn that, you you have one of those, what I like to call is a, a aha moment. You know what? Okay. 
Now I can't judge you for that because I can truly say now it's not your fault. Your dad didn't teach you or your mom didn't teach you. So I can't, you know, I can't blame you now. But now that I know better, now that you know better, let's get this thing moving, you know, this, this clean slate, you know, and now that bond can grow, that nourishment can grow. And once it gets to that level, it can trickle down into the community, into the neighborhood um, and, and, and go, you know, citywide, countywide, nationwide, you know, once we learn to become mature. So if, if I'm not mistaken, um, you wrote a book and I, yes, I think the book is called Fire. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, and, and, and Fire has an acronym, correct? Yes, sir. So tell me how, how where did that where where did the where did the acronym come from? What the acronym is, and how do you use that to to um, push your platform to help the at risk youth? Honestly, man, um, fire came from prayer. To be honest, um, what I usually do, I usually like to write the title first while I'm writing my book. But this time it was a little different. This time. I was writing off, I would say, experience, you know, just writing off experience. And I'm like, you know, one day I just I just pray. I remember going downstairs in, in my bathroom and I was like, you know, God, man, I really need a, a, a banging title for this book, man. And as I began to pray and just, you know, meditate on the word fire kept coming about. And I'm like, fire, man, like what you trying to say? Fire. What is that? So. I went and sat down, got a pen, a pen and a uh, pad, and just started writing it out. You know, writing it out. Fire. What do you mean by fire? What do you mean? Um, so, and that's when I came up with uh, failure is rarely external, meaning a lot of times we have to stop looking on the outside and turn the camera in direction to the inside. You know, and we have a lot of fire burning inside of us. It's so much that we don't know how to how to car, uh, compartmentalize it. I mean, I'm sorry, <clears throat> compartmentalize it and utilize it for our own good. So, you know, once I came over with that, it was like, okay, cool. You know, I can rock with that. Failure is rarely external. So with the, so there's a, there, there's a, there, there's a young man out there. There's a, a, a 16, you know what? And, and, and that's even too old. There's an 11, 12, 13 year old male right now and they struggling what when you come in contact with them and i don't necessarily mean when you come in contact with them on the correction side but right. when you're speaking like what do you tell them honestly i'm gonna be real with you it's not so much of what you say mm -hmm. um it's what you do like, for example, you have to get a feel for these kids before you even open up your mouth. You have to get an understanding. Um, like I said before, we have to get rid of those preconceived notions. Oh, Lil Johnny was bad in school. You know, Lil Johnny got caught smoking. Lil Johnny, we don't know what Lil Johnny been exposed to. We don't know, you know, uh, why Lil Johnny acts the way he acts. So every case is different. Like, I can't approach Daryl the same way I approach Lil Johnny. Everything right. is different. But what I will say is it's all about transparency. Listen, man, you know, I was once in your position before. You know, here's some of the things that I face. Here's some of the things that, you know, I can help you avoid. 
And it's all about building a bond because once I become transparent, I build a bond. I'm no longer Mr. Smith. I'm no longer Jay Smith. I'm, I'm human now. So once I become human, now this kid can start to open up, can start to develop, can start telling me some things that he probably wouldn't even tell psychiatrists, some things that he probably wouldn't even tell uh, guidance counselors because I've created a platform for him to feel comfortable. And that's, that's what it's all about, you know, creating platforms so these kids can feel comfortable. Once they're comfortable, they'll tell you everything tell you, you need to know. <laughs> right. Look, and, right. and when they're comfortable, they find themselves saying things that they necessarily, they put so far back here. Right. Was, they never thought that they would, I ain't telling that, I'm never, I'm not telling right. that to anybody. <laughs> right. And, and the dialogue, and, and, and they begin to, like you just see the, you see the light bulb go off, and right. they begin to see the light bulb go off, and it's one of those. I'm yeah. not, I'm not what it is that they say that I am. Right. Just because I live in the projects or I live in the hood doesn't mean that I can't get out and go across the railroad tracks. Absolutely. To be with those that don't look like me. No. Right. You, you can, but it's right. the exposure. Absolutely. The exposure, man, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. And, you know, once it gets to that level, the level of being uh, transparent, these kids begin to open up. The only thing we have to do is sit back and listen. That's it. We don't have to cut them off. Just sit back and listen. Once once you sit back and listen, you're able to put, you know, you know, principles or action plans together because now you know where the kid is. Now you can meet them at that level. You know, a lot of times we go into situations and we expect kids to be at the level we think they should be at. Right. No, it doesn't work like that. We have to meet them at their level. Then we move about. And I think that sometimes that's the, for me, I, that's where I figure out if you're in it for the kids or if you're in it for yourself, you know, for what it is being in that position Absolutely. is going to do for you. Because if you right. were frustrated Absolutely. and you refuse to realize this is a 15, 16, 17-year-old kid and right. they don't know. And you have right. to have patience. And you have to be willing to, to be transparent and vulnerable. And Absolutely. I don't know about you, um, but when it comes to the, the whole vulnerability part uh, around another man, right. you think about it. Like, you got to, I've really got to rock with you. To open up, right. to tell you some deep, dark, or just right. to tell you anything that means anything. Right. So if you tell me, <laughs> as a grown man, so you right. think it's different for a teen, you know, a, a teenage boy? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you how it's worked, man. Like you'd be surprised. Um, I remember like a couple years ago, I was going home, and this kid flagged me down. He probably was at the time maybe 21. Probably, probably 21 then. He flagged me down. So I thought he needed help. He was like, Mr. Snell, you remember me? You remember me? I'm like, nah, man, I don't remember you. Man, I remember when you said such and such, man. And, you know, at that time, it started coming back. Oh, you such and such. He was like, yeah, man, I just want to say I appreciate you, man. Appreciate everything you did. And he stopped. And he FaceTimed one of his friends. He said, hey, man, it's Smith, man. Mr. Smith, man. I can't believe it. <laughs> so... 
Will, you would be surprised, man, how your words or how much, you know, time, quality of time you spend with these kids impacts them and affects them. You know, you're talking about, you know, a person transitioning from a child to adulthood and still was able to recognize you and still uh, felt impacted, you know, by the time spent. So it actually pays off in the long run. Right. It was, um, I think it was the end of August. Uh, I spoke mm-hmm. at the uh, independent living, the National Independent Living Conference, Growing Pains. And okay. at the end of the presentation, I said, all right, I'm going to give you my email address. And we're running out of time, but I want you to take the initiative to tell me what your, what your wildest dream is. Right. Now, some of y'all are going to do it. Some of y'all aren't. But before I got back to Jacksonville from Orlando, I had two inboxes. Wow. So it's one of those, like you said, the the words that you speak, how right. they come off. And if nothing else, them kids, oh, they're going to know whether you fake or whether you're real, whether you mean right. or whether you don't. Yeah. Um, you're right. They, they know because they'll call you out. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Look, before I left the one person now, if I send you this email, she said, I got attachment issues. Don't let me, don't have me send this email and you don't respond. I was like, you send the email, let me worry about the rest. Right. She Absolutely. Was <laughs> she was That's one of them. <laughs> um, so how has the how has your how you were brought up not having the relationship with your father? How mm-hmm. has that shaped how you have a relationship with your kids? Oh man, honestly, yeah. Tell me that. That's the, yeah. That part right there. It's it's very it's reassuring. Um, and you take steps to be careful now. You know, I I, I take the time out to to talk more. You know. Mm-hmm. Instead of you know, uh, not not being so much physical, but you know, being able to talk. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, you know, what did you do in school today? What did you learn? So it's more of a father bond relationship, but at the same time, I'm mentoring to see you know where your head is. Not only right. not only mentoring, but I'm coming at them learning what they need as far as an emotional standpoint as well. You know, uh, did you enjoy this? Did you enjoy that? You know, what you need from daddy? So, you know, back in the day growing up, man, you know, to be honest, you know, parents weren't really like that, man. Parents didn't really really come at kids like that, man. Go outside and play. Start running in and out the house, you know? (laughs) I went to work. Look, I went to work. I got the check. I bought the food. You got a roof over your head. I got clothes on your back. And that was it. Right. 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 So it's it's more of, you know, learning my kids, not saying, you know, what my baby wouldn't do, because we, we, we never know what our kids wouldn't do, you know, because there there are influences out there beyond us. All we can do is drop seeds and hope and pray that they that they blossom. That's all we can do. Um, Like right now, you know, I had my sons right now, 10 goals. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get them to. Oh, you know, think outside of the box now. Hey, what are your team goals? What do you see yourself five years from now? You know, so I think, again, when we figure out what they want, you know, and what they want to become and give them the platform and the tools 
and the outlet to become that, I think the relationship or the bond becomes easier. Right. Because now, now it's just, you know what? You know, he, you become more than dad. You're like, you know what, man, he, he really cared for me. You know, he really concerned about, you know, what I want in life, you know, not telling you what you should be, but asking you, what do you, what do you want to become and providing the action plans or the steps for you to get there? So just pretty much, I think what I've learned now, I think it changed me in a way that I talk more, you know, I sit down more. I have those, you know, shut the TV down. We all at the dinner table and, and, and we, we're talking. There's no devices. There's no, no cell phones, no television. I'm old school, man. You know, my grandma taught me a lot. I'm old school. So <laughs> a lot of that, you know, electronic stuff stops at the dinner table. It's family time. And we just have that that discussion, man. Okay. Um, so... One of the things for me, so I have, I live in a house full of females um, right now. So I have twins, six, they just turned 16 year old daughters. And one of the things um, I would tell my 24 year old son, my 20 year old daughter, and them, uh, and my wife, when we had a conversation, I can, we can teach them all the things behind closed doors. Right. But the test is when they go on the other side of the door and they have to be involved or around all those other youth where we have no idea right. what they experience. Right. And it, it's it's one of those things when you get a telephone call or somebody stops you and they say, your daughters, they, they, they're very manageable. They're, you know, they, 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 they know how to articulate their words. You know, when they're in the group, they're not the ones that, um, so for me, that's how I know. That's one of the reassuring things. Um, right. And then I also tell them, because of what I do, you don't know who I know. You don't, <laughs> you don't know who knows me, but they all know right. you. Right. You know, and it's one of those, I think one day, one of the, one of them, they was like, do you know, Mister? I was like, I do, but you know, you you know who they are and where they are as well. Right, right. And, and I just, I, I don't think there's enough of that that's going on today. Whether that be right. boys being raised by single moms, um, uh, dads or the fly by night dads. Um, right. I, you know, I think things are a little different now with the youth growing up than where they were, right. um, you know, with uh, when, when we were growing up. Right. You know, we were picking up guns and, you know, if it, 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 you oh, were shooting them. No. <laughs> you know, like my, my gr I wasn't even allowed to play with toy guns, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, my because was like, was a no, no. I was like, why? They got right. you. Like, you not right. Here. Right. <laughs> right. Um, because, you know, because so kids, kids can't distinguish it. They can't distinguish between art and life. So you know, it, <laughs> it, it's very dangerous now. Uh, so you know, that's one of the things. So what would you? You're in a room full of. I'm gonna put you back. I'm gonna put you in your element. You're in a room full of uh, 18 year old thug knuckleheads who just know everything. Right. And the front row is coming at you like you stupid. 
Right. How do you control the room? And what do you tell them from that from that particular situation? How I would control the room is um basically what I like to start off with, because you know, like like you said, the element that I deal with is I try to instill in them that, you know, all the real gangsters, they're dead. So what benefit do you have going down that path? And from there, I try to reverse engineer it. And I tell them that, you know, you're acting like this, but you're not knowing who it affects. You know, whether you're raised in a single household, you know, your mom is dependent on you to act a certain way in school. You get hit out of school and your mom has to come in. Now she's losing, she's losing hours of work. You know, now her paycheck is not going to add up. So you have to look in the mirror and say, man, how can I tighten up? Because my behavior not only affects me in the school system, my behavior affects my future. My behavior affects whether my parents maintain their job or not. Because let's be honest, I mean, <clears throat> especially with nowadays, nobody not really putting up with that in school anymore. They're going to send you home ASAP. <laughs> so, right. So, you know, I think in, 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 that's, in, in that system, I would have to, you know, come at them in a way that I have to put the responsibility back on them because ultimately they are responsible. And a lot of times kids don't know now that, you know, their actions, it, it just don't affect them. It affects their peers. It affects the community. It affects their, their parents. And I think once they learn to understand that, they will ultimately, you know, uh, at least attempt to make better decisions, especially when it comes to, you know, trying to call somebody out or oh, you stupid. Sometimes I may even I may even reverse it. Oh, you want to come do this? You know, I, I reverse it and I'll sit there and listen to you. You know, if I'm so stupid, you know what? You go ahead, you handle it. You know, and I put the spotlight on them. You know, so a lot of times you have to, I wouldn't say manipulate, but, but a lot of times you would have to, you know, kind of, play the game with them you know and sometimes when you see certain things you just you know reverse engineer it you know get them to wake up hit them with some statistics um some things that that they may not be aware of in their own community um like a lot of a lot of people they always say well you know this is going on because of this in our community and the kids blah 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 and i come in okay what are you doing in your community you know to affect affect change you know put the responsibility back on them because it starts with you. You can't be worried about what everybody else is doing if you're not doing, you know, anything to affect change. Right. So it's just, it's just about, you know, reverse engineering and putting the responsibility back on them so they can, you know, wake up and realize that your actions affect everybody. And for those that are listening, I want you to understand the importance of relationships, especially right. male relationships. I didn't get Jay, I wasn't able to extend the, the, the invitation to the podcast because I've never met him. We were sitting in a room, it was a group right. of, it, it, it was it not, maybe not quite 20, 15 of us? Yeah, about 15. 15 men having real conversation about real issues that we go through. So you have to get to a point where you feel comfortable enough to talk. Right. You know, like Jay had said, he mentioned earlier, once you realize that you can't use the crutch anymore of, I didn't have a dad around. Right. Once you, once you realize that, 
at that particular point in time, the onus is now on you to help him. Right. You are required now to seek out that male figure to help you get to where it is that you want to go, to help Absolutely. you sit down and figure out that you can dream big, that you're right. not just confined to your one area. Um, you know, I was talking to, I was, I was talking to, I might have been 24, 25, uh, and he only knew Jacksonville. He's never wow. <laughs> been outside of Jacksonville, maybe to the different, different sides of town. Right, right. But Savannah is two hours away. Right. Like right <laughs> down 95. And like for me, it's, it, it just it's what, like what you what do you mean? Right. Um, so you just it just just being able to to understand that there's so much more out there, um, and you're not confined just to where you are. And there are right. people that genuinely genuinely want to see you succeed, not because there's a check attached to it, but right. your success, what they're able to pour into you. Is what it's all about. Absolutely. All right, Jay. So I want to say thank you for taking the time out. But before we go, uh, tell all the listeners where they can find you, how they can get your book, how they can book you. All right. You can book me at info at jsmithempowers.com. You can get the book Fire, A Jumpstart to Refueling Your Inner Flame from Amazon.com. I can be reached on Instagram at, at jsmithempowers. And on Facebook, I'm listed as jsmith. And the, the last thing, you do a... Hold on, I wrote this down. <laughs> you do a morning routine. Real quick before we go, tell everybody, tell every man out there the importance of having a morning routine. Um, towards your success. Absolutely, man. It's, it, it is so vital, not only to your health, but to your overall, uh, you know, social life. You know, if you have kids, if you have a wife, it's so important to, you know, beat your, not, not just to beat, you know, your family up, but just to get that mental space, man. I try to get up at, you know, my goal is something like this. I try to get up at 4 a.m. You know, 4 a.m., I go into prayer, I go into meditation, I work out for about 30, 45 minutes, then <clears throat> I journal, I journal my thoughts. You know, that's, you know, you'll be surprised how far that will take you. You know, you'll be surpri surprised how, you know, how much you get a jump start on the, on your day. Um, it's ultimately ultimately about peace, because a lot of us, you know, we, we run a, a rigorous day, we're tired. We have so much going on. But once you jumpstart that day, once you jumpstart that routine and start it on a consistent basis, um, you'll be surprised of how much energy you have throughout the day. And also, it's about, you know, your mental health, man. Most importantly, your mental health. So, you know, start off with something small. You don't have to just jump out there. You know, start off with, you know, maybe praying, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning, whatever you're into journaling or maybe get exercise you know start off one day then see if you can do it the next day then see if you can do it the next day just start off small you know you don't have to like i said jump out there just you know take little baby steps and eventually 
you'll determine what works for you and then just combine everything all together and now you have your morning routine so you know i recommend any man any man especially when we have these crazy jobs going on any man just wake up you know 30 minutes to an hour earlier and just you know whatever works for you you know try to do that you know whatever it is but trust me it works man it helps well, again, thank you for taking the time out. And to the listeners, like I always say, deal with your daddy issues today. Otherwise, they will deal with you tomorrow. Talk to yes, you sir. soon. Peace out. Peace.